This is Gordon Vernick with Jazz Insights. from under the bugle call rag. Gentlemen, meet the sweethearts of rhythm. Today I would like to talk about uh, a little-known but groundbreaking group that had its start in the late 1930s and really blossomed into a wonderful band in the 1940s, and that is the International Sweethearts of Rhythm. It was the first integrated female jazz band ever. In the 1920s and 30s, there were female jazz groups, but they were either all African-American or white musicians. This group was integrated completely. There were um, African-American musicians, there were white musicians, there were Mexican, Puerto Rican, there were Asian, there was one or two Hawaiian musicians. It was a wonderful cross-section of really the components of, of our country, and they were all great musicians. The group was founded by a man by the name of Lawrence Jones, who um, was the director of the Piney Woods Country Life School in Mississippi in the 1920s. In the late 30s, he formed an all-girl choir that toured around Mississippi, and they did concerts to raise money, and the group was so successful. By 1937 and 38, he decided to form a swing band made of members of the young ladies who were at the school, and they were all between ages 14 and about 19 years old. In the early 1940s, they were touring and they were so successful that they decided to leave the school and form their own group. And the group became later known as the International Sweethearts of Rhythm. They settled in Arlington, Virginia, which is outside of Washington, D.C. That was their base of operations. Interesting thing about the band is their first uh, musical director and arranger was a man by the name of Eddie Durham, a stalwart of Kansas City jazz, a guitarist, arranger, trombonist, who was also an integral part of the Count Basie and Benny Moten groups in the early 30s. So there's a real strong Kansas City feel to the band. He was mentoring the musicians, and he was also writing and arranging for the band. When he left, he was replaced by Jesse Stone, another important Kansas City band leader, composer, and arranger who in the 1950s and 60s would go on and have an important career in rock and roll. So the band was mentored by great Kansas City musicians, so there's a real kind of strong riff and blues vein through the group. The band had some great soloists. Probably the finest and best-known soloist was Vi Burnside, who was a great tenor player. We're going to listen to her play. She sounds like a combination of Ben Webster, Coleman Hawkins, with a whole lot of Lester Young thrown in. Tiny Davis was a lead trumpet player, terrific player. Pauline Brady was a drummer, a wonderful drummer. Rose Crone played alto sax. The baritone player was Willie Mae Wong of Asian descent. Wonderful baritone player. So we were listening to Bugle Call Rag. The next piece I'd like to play is um, a selection from a CD that was released a few years ago, and these are live air checks, so there's no overdubbing. These were done, I believe, for Armed Forces Radio at the end of World War II and then right after. Um, the group was together from about 1941 to 47. This piece is called Galvanizing. It features Vi Burnside on tenor, Tiny Davis on trumpet, and Pauline Brady on drums, who was also under the tutelage of Zudi Singleton and the great Papa Joe Jones. (音楽) ¶¶ 
what I understand, when they would play all the big dance halls and ballrooms in big cities like New York, Washington, Boston, Chicago, their floor show was amazing. Back in this era in the 40s, um, it wasn't enough that your band had to sound good, it also had to look good, and they had you know, choreography, and bands like the Jimmy Lunsford band, those guys would throw their horns up in the air in time with the music and catch them and play. I never saw them perform live, but from what I understand, they were just spectacular visually. And often in these dance halls, they would have two and three bands that would be scheduled to play. So while one band was taking a break, another group would play. And these were all top bands. So often they would be pitted against maybe Fletcher Henderson's orchestra or uh, maybe a Benny Goodman group. And they were fabulous. Let's listen to Lady Be Good, which is a really a drum feature for Pauline Brady. Wonderful arrangement, um, mid-1940s live radio air check, International Sweethearts of Rhythm. I said before, there were some great soloists in the band, tenor, saxophonist, Vi Burnside um, was probably the strongest soloist. Tiny Davis um, played trumpet. Johnny May Stansbury was another very good trumpet soloist in the band. Uh, Jackie King on piano. Pauline Brady, who you've heard. The bass player, her name was Carlene Ray. She was a terrific player. We're going to listen to a piece right now called Slightly Frankie, and you can hear Carlene playing the bass, and she was a terrific timekeeping bass player, much in the style of Walter Page and Jimmy Blanton.
I'm a professor at Georgia State University, and I teach a class called Origins of Jazz, and it's a large class, and there's a quite a diverse group of students sign up for the class. And a question always comes up at some point: Why are there not more、um, women? Important jazz innovators throughout the history of jazz, and my answer is that there have been some great ones. Jazz has generally been a, kind of a male-dominated field. I might say that some of the instruments, at least in the past, it's not this way anymore. Have been kind of gender-specific. Like you didn't find a lot of women playing trombone in the teens, twenties, and thirties, and so it was it was kind of a rarity. Although there were some very fine instrumentalists,、um, there was a great、uh, female bassist in the 1920s from Chicago who was who led her own band. And also, when we talk about women in jazz, probably the First name that comes to mind is Mary Lou Williams, but before Mary Lou, there were quite a few very fine soloists and in- instrumentalists in jazz. But it's been a male-dominated field, and, and I'm sure that there was a lot of prejudice against female jazz musicians. Jazz had kind of a negative connotation, you know, being associated during Prohibition with、uh, the underworld, with bars, with、um, wide-open nightclubs in Kansas City, where prostitution and gambling were rampant. So there were certain social Mores that kind of looked down on, on women participating in this music, but there were some great ones. Now, there were, of course, there were some novelty groups that were, were done just for commercial appeal.、Um, Ina Ray Hutton was a white woman who led a very successful、um, dance band in the 1930s. She was the real thing. I mean, her band was great. She was a great entertainer. She knew the business, and she demanded the respect of her, her musicians, and she got it. Today, there are. A great many women jazz musicians involved in the art, but back then it was it was rather a rarity. One of the reasons that probably the international sweethearts eventually faded into obscurity in the late forties was was lack of management. I believe that they were taken advantage advantage of in terms of their money, and the taste in music changed at the end of the forties. You know, the big band style was going out of favor to the smaller groups, and so. Dance halls are closing, and I guess maybe the novelty of the group had worn off, and, and the women decided to go their own separate ways. But in the heyday, mid 1940s, this band was as good as any band out there in terms of arrangements, the way they swung at that nice Kansas City groove because of Eddie Durham and Jesse Stone. Anna Marie Winburn was kind of the, the leader of the group. She was a wonderful singer. It was visually a stunning group because they had a great stage presence and had a great floor show. I would love to have seen the group perform live. We're going to leave you today with one more track, and this was a feature written for Vi Burnside. It's a wonderful piece. It's called Vi Vigor, and you can hear that Vi Burnside had done a lot of homework. It sometimes she sounds like Lester. A、um, little bit of Chewberry. She was a terrific improviser. So enjoy Vi Vigor, the International Sweethearts of Rhythm, 1946 live air check.
This has been Jazz Insights with Dr. Gordon Vernick. Visit me on the web at gordonvernick.com. Jazz Insights is produced by WMLB AM 1690, the voice of the arts in Atlanta, Georgia.